What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Adam and Justin with you today for an off-season podcast to talk about salary cap, to talk about Pacers rumors and happenings from the off-season. And Justin, it's been pretty slow over the past month. I mean, it's not that we don't have anything to talk about, but since the Aiton free agent, uh, restricted free agency uh, thing went down, the Pacers have kind of had no news apart from Tyrese Halliburton playing the Drew League last week. It's uh, It's been a very, very slow and quiet off-season for the Pacers. Yeah, it has. And I think Pacers, everyone's kind of waiting on that KD domino to fall, I think, yep. which they may be waiting uh, to the start of the season. Also, the Donovan Mitchell, I think teams like the Pacers are wanting to hold on to their cap space and maybe be that third team in a blockbuster deal that sends a superstar elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, it is interesting what the Pacers are doing. I mean, there's not that many great free agents out there. Or not that interested in Colin Sexton. So I am happy Pacers are standing still. Um it's going to be interesting, though, isn't it? Because they they actually have to make a move before the season starts. They have to. I mean, they're at ninety million dollars in the cap right now, a little over ninety million. The uh, the cap is at one twenty three. The hard uh, the uh, luxury tax is at one fifty. Uh, there's currently ten teams at or about one fifty. There's the Clippers, the Warriors, the Nets, the Bucks, Celtics, Lakers, Nuggets, Mavs, Blazers, and the Heat are about a million dollars below. The luxury tax. And if I read out those names, the one that sticks out is Portland. I mean, that they weren't a playoff team last season. Obviously, the Lakers weren't either. But for the Lakers, I think they're obviously trying to get Kyrie. They're trying to go all in. They're not concerned about spending. Whereas for the Blazers, I just can't see how a team with Lillard, Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp as a rookie, you know, those sorts of guys are going to, and Anthony Simon's now earning about 20 to $24 million a year, how that's really going to move the needle for them, how it's going to result in a playoff spot in what's going to be a really, really tough Western Conference. So the question becomes, what, what do the Blazers do in terms of their cap? I mean, they've got Josh Hart on the books for $13 million. They've got Nurkic on the books for 15 and a half, uh, and he's signed an extension. Like, they're potentially a team that could um, look to shed some salary and get under the luxury tax, particularly if things don't go well to go throughout the season. Denver are another one because they've got three guys that are going to be making over $30 million. They've got Jokic, Murray, and Porter Jr. So there's a couple of teams that are either playoff teams or would-be playoff teams that are going to find themselves in luxury tax hell over the past next couple of seasons because of the extensions they've signed. And if teams like the Nets are looking to get off Durant and shed salary at the same time, the Pacers and the San Antonio Spurs are going to be the best trade partners. The Spurs are only at 87 million, the Pacers at 90. So, I mean, what's the cost of that $33 million in cap space though? Like, the other, the other thing that I want to raise, you, you mentioned Colin Sexton. He's the, the other sort of free agent domino that's yet to fall. If you're paying Colin Sexton 15 to $20 million as a restricted free agent to try and prize him away from the Cleveland Cavaliers, then you might need to clear that $20 million in cap space. So if you like him or if you're trying to get a guy, then do you ask the Pacers to take on a bad $20 million contract and would, would a first-round pick be enough? 
Yeah, it, it's tough, isn't it? I, Pacers have a lot of options what they're going to do. I feel like they won't make any major trades. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton was their big coming out party, if you want, in the offseason or historically, they've never done that before. So I feel like that was their all-in move. Now they'll kind of maybe settle, make some little small minor adjustment moves and go into their off seat, uh, go into the regular season. Really where they stand now, I, I can't see Miles Turner be traded before the season starts now. Um, although maybe he will before the deadline, but I feel like he will going into the season. And, you know, we'll bring up again, we've spoke about it a bit on the podcast, but something me and you maybe disagree on, Adam, and that's that yeah. Westbrook, yes. Lakers, Pacers deal, because I couldn't be further from hating that deal. I, from my point of view, the to give up Miles Turner, Buddy Hill, to get Westbrook, who's a negative asset, and a 2027 and 2029 pick, that, like, those draft picks are useless to me because... Like Kevin Pritchard and Rick Carlisle probably aren't even with a franchise in five years and seven years. Like they're not going to care about a seven-year future. To me, I'm against it, but you obviously see some positives about it. What do you think? To be fair, I was for it when we still have Malcolm Brogdon on the roster. So when it was Brogdon and Heald, then I was keen. If it's Turner and Heald, not so much because I feel like you can get more for Miles Turner in a contract year at $17 million and you'll probably have to pay him closer to 25 in free agency. So that's still relatively cheap for the best or second best shot blocker in the league, depending on who you ask. So I feel like at the moment, Turner and Heald for Westbrook and two firsts is far too much to pay, particularly because the two firsts are seven, five and seven years down the line. Um, can you get other bad contracts from elsewhere for those two players? Well, it depends how bad the contract is. It depends what the other team needs. Like I'm I'm still surprised that Charlotte hasn't made the call to try and get Turner for an unprotected first. I mean, if I look at their cap, they're currently about $10 million under the salary cap right now. They've got Haywood at 30, Rogier at 21, Oubre at 12, Ball at eight, Plumley at eight. And then they've got a bunch of really young guys, you know, 24 and under that are making near the minimum. So they haven't filled out their roster completely there. I mean, if they're going to roll with Plumlee at center or Washington at center, it hasn't worked for the past couple of seasons. Um, and they've now got Steve Clifford back as a coach who values defense. So I'm I'm really surprised that Michael Jordan hasn't made the call and tried to get Miles Turner because I feel like if it was PJ Washington, the first round pick, then and you know you get off Plumlee maybe or something like that then maybe that's a that's a workable deal the other guy is Buddy Heald because I mean to a playoff contender Buddy Heald on a decreasing salary scale over the next two seasons I think he's at 22 and then he's at 18 next year is a really valuable asset he's a knockdown shooter he proved last year that he can play some three and he can pass the ball as well so you know the numbers he was putting up the shooting stats he was putting up for the Pacers in the latter half of the year were really quite impressive in a lot of cases. So I think for me, those two assets, uh, those two players are worth a hell of a lot more than two first round picks and a $47 million expiring deal. Like that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So it, to, to answer your question, I'm definitely not for it with those two players. Um, with Brogdon, I was because for, you didn't get anything for Brogdon anyway. I mean, his knee Smith what you expected to get for Brogdon? No, not at all. I mean, he's a starting point guard in the league, effectively. So, like, that's that's probably where I land with those, those particular deals. But it 
it surprises me that the Pacers haven't been able to move those two guys to a contender. And maybe they're waiting for the Durant shoe to drop. And maybe if Durant goes to a team, then Buddy Heald follows him or Miles Turner follows him and that team goes all in and sacrifices another asset to be able to get a Miles Turner to play at center alongside Kevin Durant. I mean, the Raptors, for example. I mean, the Raptors have been talked about as potentially, would you trade Kevin Durant for Scotty Barnes at this point? Well, the Raptors need a center. They don't have a center right now that's really of the quality of Miles Turner or even close. So, you know, could you get another asset? Could you get another pick uh, if the Raptors were to pick up Kevin Durant? That's the sort of conversation, and that's probably why nothing's happened. Yeah, I agree. And, I, I yeah, I, I just don't feel like Pace is going to trade any starter and, until the season started and we get closer to the deadline. And I'm really glad the Pacers have stuck strong not trading Turner yet because of all the rumoured deals, I know probably most of them are false and never even been discussed, but I have not liked the return at all. I don't know if I overvalue Miles Turner over the league, but I feel like any trade rumour with Miles Turner, I feel like I haven't really seen any that I'm like, yeah, I'll do that deal. They've been like, you know, for Gordon Hayward, just for PJ Washington, for for like two second rounders. I said, no, like no. you said it, Adam. He's potentially the best shot blocker in the league. Yes, he's not very consistent and he's got to work on some things on the offensive end. We all know that. But again, we haven't seen him without Sabonis. This was his big year to prove he's worth a big contract and he's a starting five in the league and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, it is going to be interesting. You know, with everything that went down with Aiton, I'm on the camp that unfortunately I can't see him re-signing with the Pacers. Um, it might be time to, you know, break up the relationship. But again, I love players who stay loyal to the franchise as all fans should. You know, he was drafted by the Pacers, which is very rare. He's our longest tenured Indiana Pacer by far. So it would be great to see him do well this season, stick it out, you know, and maybe average, you know, 16 points, 10 rebounds. It's really difficult though, because I do foresee there being... Uh, the pace is losing Miles Turner for nothing this summer. I mean, he's about to make $18 million a year. As I said, he's probably going to make $25 million or so in free agency, particularly with the cap spiking. He may make more. Who knows what uh, teams are willing to pay Miles Turner in an open market. But the key, like, I just don't think you can afford to lose this guy for nothing when you've sunk seven years of development into him uh, he's been the best or second best shot blocker in the league for the past three or four seasons. He's been the anchor of your defense, which you desperately need because even though you have a dynamic young backcourt, that dynamic young backcourt can't play very good defense right now. And that's something that Miles Turner is going to have to cover for. So it's a difficult position to be in that you didn't extend this guy because he's only 26. He's going to be 27 at the end of the season. He's about to enter what is for most NBA players, his prime years. So he hasn't necessarily peaked yet. That's the other weird thing about Miles Turner's career that, you know, you you can actually keep him on this roster for another three or four seasons if you want. Now, does he fit the age profile of the Matherin Halliburton backcourt? Absolutely not. I mean, he's, you know, he's got four or five seasons on those guys. So you'd be relying on him being a worthy and high-level contributor into his mid-30s um, if you wanted him to match that timeline because you, you're you effectively going to take the next two years to build your roster until you have to pay Halliburton $200 million, and then you're going to have to pay Matherin $200 million two years later. 
And in the middle there, you're probably going to have to pay Duarte $100 million. So there's half a billion dollars on those three players over the course of three seasons um, based on their, their individual draft value and salary cap years left. So you've got this season and you've got next season to fill your roster with either a guy or multiple guys that make a lot of money because you'll have the space to be able to do so or multiple young draft players or draft talent um, that will enable you to pay Mather and Halliburton, Duarte, those large sums of money without sacrificing your depth. So really that's the that's the play. And I think that that's probably why the Pacers, even though they went for Aiden, they haven't gone for a lot of veteran players, veteran win now players, because they understand that they've got to hit on another draft. They can't afford to just get veteran players in this season and next season. They're going to need at least another couple of rookies and they're going to need rookies ticking over on this roster for the next four, five, six, seven seasons in order to be able to justify paying Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin and Chris Duarte upwards of four to $500 million uh, in their next deals. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. With two weeks left in the NFL preseason, there's plenty of opportunities to bet on the Colts against the Lions and then the Bucks. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And that's a scary proposition. It is. And we we did mention that. We've mentioned it for months, I guess, I think we all agree on the paces need to be poor for one more season minimum. That's yeah. not that huge on that Aiton signing because where's Aiton going to get us? He's going to get us to that probably, I don't know, ninth to 11th seed maybe. We probably would have been in the play-in um, and we either would have got knocked out or, you know, maybe made the playoffs and Boston would have swept us or something like that. So paces don't, fans don't want that. So I feel like the rebuild maybe is going to be a long-term success with eight and not signing, if that makes sense. But um, yeah, you mentioned we need one more pick that uh, was it Victor Wanamumbu guy. Um, I would yeah. love him at Absolutely. number one, but that's um, probably a good segue onto another Victor, which I want to bring up with you, oh, Adam. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to talk about it, but I actually want your opinion on it because I'm interested. Pacer fans are interested and I'll read out the tweet for anyone who missed Oladipo talking about the paces on Twitter, which is very rare for him to come out publicly. So someone tweeted him saying, I miss the version of Vic we had. Can't say who, can't say I miss who he eventually became. And Oladipo responded to Adam, trust me, I'm the same Oladipo, just a little wiser. Eventually the realisation has to surface that the players can't always be the problem. Think about it. Paul George, Vic Oladipo, Demantis Sabonis and more. Dot, dot, dot. I love your pace of fans and miss your more. Don't believe everything you read. All that 
shit is delusional. What is your thoughts about that? Okay. He mentioned three players. So let's talk about those three players individually for a second. Paul George was not keen for a rebuild and wanted to go to a team that was a contender, or he wanted the Pacers to acquire a player that would enabled it would have enabled him to have contended. At that point, there was a Miles Turner rookie uh, contract on the books. He was in his first or second season, uh, and not much else. the The Pacers roster was full of journeymen, veterans, and non impact players at that point in time. So. Be that as it may, Paul George was always going to get out of Indiana because he was not, he was no longer in a situation to where he could maximize his prime. And he knew that. He also knew that the Pacers were probably unwilling to pay the absolute top dollar for him because of the fact that ownership hadn't really looked to do that before. That instead moved off star players like Jermaine O'Neal, et cetera before Paul George, Roy Hibbert, another example, trading for a second round pick, they were unwilling or unable to pay stars outside of Reggie Miller top dollar. So those, those are the reasons that, that Paul George left. He hurt his leg in a freak accident. Um, if you move to Vic, Victor seemed to have a active dislike or distrust for the team after his quad injury. And we talked about that at length across when he got injured, when he came back as he went into the bubble and asked teams, can I play with y'all? And I know that Alex tweeted that um, earlier in the week as, as an example, um, Victor did not anymore want to play for the Indiana Pacers. And Domas was on that team. Domas, his best friend on the team was still there. We hadn't moved off Domas hadn't traded players to the detriment of Victor Oladipo, We had stacked that roster with guys that we thought could together win a playoff series or more with Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, uh, Turner, and Sabonis. Didn't happen, and Vic wanted to move on. He moved on. He missed out on $100 million. Um, Domas was traded for a 21-year-old franchise point guard. I will defend that every single day for the next 10 years if I have to, because even if... Touchwood, something were to happen in terms of injury to the player he was played, uh, he was traded for. I'm not even going to say it, manifest it, but that is a justifiable move. No one thought that Tyrese Halliburton was available in trade. No one, no one expected the Kings to move Tyrese Halliburton. So that's not the Domas Sabonis trade. That's the Tyrese Halliburton trade. So to Victor Oladipo, I would say that you're talking about three completely different situations. And you, do, you are talking about the last three All-Stars on the team. I'll give you that with Roy Hibbert in the middle as well. But those are so far and away different and shouldn't be compared to a systemic problem in the franchise. And if you think that there is one, then what is it? Educate us. That's what I've got to yeah. say. I couldn't agree more. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I'll, I'll probably just add my two cents and and say don't don't come out and say nothing like if you've got something to say say these were the problems with the indiana paces this is what i dealt with and i know he mentioned his quad injury and things like that the the thing all it like paul george that whole situation i was very unhappy with paul george but i under understood where he was coming from maybe for a yep. fresh start so bonus i mean that's ridiculous to even bring him up in the situation <laughs> in himself and paul george i mean Sabonis just got traded there was no 
no other thing about it, really. Um, but Oladipo, Pacers offered him a max contract and he denied it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is his issue? Oladipo has been on record to say, I'm betting on myself. Now that has backfired. Unfortunately, I'm not throwing shade on him. That has backfired to this day. Everyone knew he wanted to go to Miami. Um, I, I can vividly remember Kevin Pritchard got interviewed on an Indiana Pacers radio station. Sorry, an Indiana radio station. And he, you could tell he was gone. You, you could yep. just tell he was talking in circles and Oladipo wanted to be a Miami Heat. And what happened? He eventually got there. He's now coming off the bench. He feels like he's still one of the best players in the world. I guess good on him. That's great. But I will say this, and I always remember Michael Grady and ex-Pacers um, announcer saying, Players change once they become an all-star and you always see it. Paul George, and I know that personally from meeting Paul George and being up close and personal with him as a rookie and then seeing what he was like with when he became an all-star. Oladipo, I feel like he was the same, such positive attitude, so good with the team, became an all-star. I'm not going to say the same about Sabonis. I'm going to say the same about DeJounte Murray. He's become an all-star now and he yeah. thinks he's top dog. He's cooler than everyone. Like he's talking trash to Banchero now. He's, I still don't get it. I can we talk about that for a second? Because I still don't get yeah. it. Like it it seems so provocative and so aggressive. And you know, you know that the Spurs keep a tight leash on their players. So you know that he has been led by individuals in that team that that tell him and show him how to prepare. And I mean, how is it possible that a guy leaves a team and then immediately falls into terrible habits? Like that's it's so unbecoming of a professional athlete to call another guy. Like, it's great for social media. It's great for social media. Don't get me wrong. It, social media has a field day, and it is a boring month at the moment in August while, while we prepare for the NBA season. Um, but it does make you a very good person. And, like, what what are you thinking, DeJounte? I, I, I had a lot of respect for DeJounte, and, and it just doesn't seem like something that he would have done while he was a Spur. So, you know, once he's got that uh, uh, a lack of leadership around him, if this is how he operates, then grave concerns for his career at Atlanta. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know him personally, obviously, but I always thought he's a pretty humble player, plays hard and everything like that, and has had to overcome a lot in his career, which yeah. people would know about. And um, now, yeah, he's been traded, but as, again, it's that all-star thing. He's been in, selected an all-star, so he gets, you know, he thinks he's in the upper echelon of the NBA and can talk down to others. But, yeah, I, it was very surprising to go back on Oladipo. I don't want to throw shade at him. He was my favourite player for a few years there. Um, but I feel like the tweet was unnecessary. I don't know why he's kind of bringing up things from the past again. Um, it seems like these poor Pacer fans, Adam, we, we have to deal with a lot, don't we? Like every few years we're dealing with Paul George saying, oh, I could have got Anthony Davis and the owner declined it. Or now Oladipo is coming out. I'm sure maybe in a few years Sabonis might come out and say something like it, these poor Pacer fans just want us all-star superstar to love, not kind of quit slash leave on us and then not talk trash about us. We, we that hard? This? We didn't ask for it at all. I mean, it's it's very frustrating i think to constantly invest your time and energy and um uh and in players that that you think are the next great hope for the franchise and they don't turn out to be that i will say that everything that tyrese halliburton has done so far has uh led me to believe that this might be different 
Um, I once again knock on wood while saying that because he's, you know, he's the real deal here and he will make the all-star team this season. That's, that's my prediction. Wow. R.S. Halliburton. And it will it will be extremely telling over the next 12 months as to how Tyrese Halliburton improves as a leader because Kevin Pritchett clearly sees something in this kid. Rick Carlisle sees something in this kid that he can lead this franchise for the next decade. And if you, what you're saying is true, when a player becomes an all-star, they change, then this is the season that Tyrese Halliburton can buck that trend and be you know, the same person, the same leader, and an even better version of that after making an all-star team because he's an all-star this year. It's happening. Do you disagree? Be cool. I like it. Uh, yeah, I disagree. Um, Halliburton's, I'm, I'm tough on Halliburton, to be honest with you. I'm probably the toughest on him out of any Pacer fan I've seen on Twitter, online. Um, he has to prove more to me before we can talk about him being a star. I feel like he's got to be a lot more aggressive um, he's a past first point guard, which is great. Pacers rarely have them. Yep. Um, yeah. But for me personally, uh, he's got to show me a lot more before I get excited about him. This is his Garland. This is his Garland season. This is Garland. Obviously, had that season last year and made the All Star team. And this this is that prove it third season All Star birth for Tyrese Halliburton. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it on August the twelfth. Um, but that's happening. Well, let's make a double August 12th prediction. And I'm going to say in three years, Matherin's the best Indiana Pacer. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think we're going to have to unpack that a little bit on the next episode. We're going to have to talk about Matherin because I am incredibly impressed with Benedict Matherin, but I think this season, Tyrese Halliburton will 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 make that that all star bench. He he won't be a starter, but but he will make that all star bench definitely. We've been the Paceroos. Thanks so much for being with us. We will continue to be with you right up until training camp. We're very excited for this upcoming season. Thanks so much for listening and keep listening.